0: What is up, guys, and welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon, and this is episode 31. And today, we're going to be talking all about intermittent fasting. But if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to maybe not right this second, but at some point, go back and listen to episode zero, episode one, episode two. Those are kind of the introductory episodes to what this is all about, Uh, Obviously, episode zero was our launch episode. You'll find out more about me and what I'm trying to do here, the intent of the podcast. And then episodes one and two are my perspective on the importance of movement and the importance of using our mind for a variety of different things. And that feeds right into something that I want to talk about real quick. And that is the mind-body cycle. This is something I've just kind of like, I don't know, I put a name to it. And really what it is is it's the the backbone of this whole podcast. So to summarize episode 0 basically uh and and what this podcast is and why it was created is this concept that I sort of came up with and it's I call it the mind body cycle, but really what it is is starting with a a mindset shift. Okay, in terms of fitness, in terms of health, in terms of developing uh, more confidence and a positive attitude, and all of those things and how they work together uh, starts with creating a mindset shift and um, that is really by goal setting so you know like a goal is initially set by you, by somebody, and when that person acts on that goal, when they act upon that goal and they make one step forward in that goal, uh, whether they realize it or not, they are creating confidence they create a small speck of confidence. And when that happens, a person can go two ways. One, they can realize that, but then also realize that they have a million more steps in front of them in order to get where they're trying to go. And that can appear daunting and they can quit. Other people can see that they can realize that micro confidence that they just built and they can become sort of addicted to it, or they want to at least experience it again. And they go and they take another step forward. I mean, maybe that is through one more workout or one more healthy meal or something. And they take another step forward and they build another micro speck of confidence and self-belief and self-worth. And the person that continues to take step after step after step will find themselves in a position where they're winning, basically, where they are achieving that goal. And that is the mind-body cycle basically. And if you look at it from an out from a, like a, a, a far away, like bird's eye view, you'll see there's a mental shift by setting a goal. And then there's a when that's the mind part. And then there's a body piece to it, which is taking the actual physical tactical step forward by working out or training or, or, or creating a healthy meal or setting up your macros or something. And then that in a cyclical way feeds the mindset part because the mind is now acknowledging that that physical step was taken and it creates a sense of confidence. And then that persuades the person or pushes the person or motivates the person to take another physical tactical step forward. And you can see how that cycle begins. So that really is what this is all about, this mind-body cycle thing. And um, I want to spread more awareness and education on that, because I do believe that it is a, it's is a—it's kind of like a secret weapon, even though it's not really a secret. Uh, and if people really understood that, then they would understand just what is possible. So with that being said, we're going to jump right into this episode. This is a Tuesday episode, episode 31. So this is going to be all about the physical side of things. So again, if you're not familiar with the the routine and the schedule. We operate on a two day per week schedule. Tuesdays are a physical based quote unquote physical based uh, episode. so it's nutrition or training like exercising uh, muscle group stuff, biology, uh, the actual body itself, like the physical part. Okay. And then the Thursday episode uh, is always going to be something more along the lines of goal setting, mentality, mindset, um, you know, attitude and things of that nature. Uh, so it's the mind and body together, right? Two different episodes twice a week and so far it's working fantastically. So if you are new to the podcast again, thank you so much for checking it out and of course if you are returning to the podcast, um also thank you. I I really do appreciate that. Um so, we're going to jump right in here. Episode 31. This is all about intermittent fasting, particularly for beginners. And there will be a more advanced version later on. Um, but I don't want to overwhelm people who are just getting into intermittent fasting for the first time. So there's really th- three things we're going to talk about today. And, uh, those are one, what intermittent fasting really is and I'm gonna break down exactly what it is. Okay. What it means. And number two, the three most common ways to utilize intermittent fasting Intermittent fasting isn't just one like meal schedule plan that you have to stick to. It's it's a philosophy, and there are ways to execute on that philosophy that are different from one another. So we're going to get into those, and then three, the difference between eating for growth or gains or development, and then eating for pleasure, or survival, or you know just just because you're a human and you feel like you have to eat, right? So you know I want to say that one more time. There's the third thing here is we're going to explore the difference between eating, basically eating for purpose, like fitness-based purpose or goal-setting-based purpose, and then eating for pleasure or survival, right? <laughs> eating just, just because we know we have to eat. Uh, so that's going to be the third thing. And that's something that I don't think enough people ever talk about. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to get into that. Uh, so let's just jump right in, okay? The first thing, what is intermittent fasting? Uh, if you haven't ever researched it and you haven't looked it up and you haven't talked to anybody about it, it's, it is what it sounds like sort of, uh, when I first heard the term intermittent fasting, what I thought that was, was I would have to intermittently fast throughout the week or intermittently fast throughout the month. Meaning I would have to periodically fast for an entire day or periodically fast for a couple of days or something. You know, growing up, I was, uh, for a period of time anyway, I was a Catholic. So we had days of the year, depending on holidays and whatnot, you had to fast. And I know other religions do that and other cultures do that. And that was what I thought fasting was, was just not eating. And it is. But when I heard the term fast, I thought it would have to at least be like an entire day's worth of time, okay? So, but what intermittent fasting really is, is intermittently fasting throughout every single day. Okay. So you have basically eating windows throughout the day and you cannot eat outside of those eating windows or you kind of violate the entire structure. So that, that is intermittent fasting. Uh, it's a defined window and that window can be, uh, depending on, it really depends on your goal. It can be like six hours, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours even. Um, but once that window is, is defined and it's actually working, then, you know, going outside that window again, it just, it violates the entire structure of, of the eating strategy. So, uh, why would anyone intermittent fast? What is the point of that? Cause technically we already intermittently fast, right? From, <laughs> from when we wake up to when we go to bed. So let's just assume, uh, to make the numbers easy, you sleep for eight hours a night, exactly eight hours. Okay. So that's going to be 16 hours that you're awake, right? So we're technically already intermittent fasting and our eating window is 16 hours because most people get up and they eat breakfast relatively early in the day. And then they eat something typically within like an hour to 90 minutes before they go to bed. It could be after, you know, their dinner, um, if you want to call it that, right? That that last big meal of the day, they could have like a snack afterwards. And that's, that makes their, their eating window basically 15, 16 hours. Okay. That's technically, I guess you want to, if you want to call it, that's technically intermittent fasting, (laughs) but, uh, intermittent fasting, the way I'm talking about it and the way that it really is described and what it really means in the fitness world is you shorten that window a lot. Okay. So like a common intermittent fasting window is like eight hours and you would live inside that eight hour window as far as your eating goes. And I'm going to talk all about why in a minute. Uh, and when you, you know, you you live inside that eight hour window and it's usually not at the very beginning and it's usually not at the very end of the day. And that, uh, that controls a lot of things that you cannot control very easily when you are eating the entire, waking portion of your day. Okay. So depending on who you look to and listen to and read up on different people have different perspectives on why intermittent fasting is so successful. And actually, let me just take a minute and tell you that intermittent fasting is by far one of, if not the most powerful, uh, eating strategy for, losing weight and even putting on muscle. It's extremely efficient and it's extremely powerful. And I haven't really seen it not work ever for anybody. Um, there is a slight mental component to it and that mental component does not work for everybody. That's for sure. But if you basically train yourself to, uh, and it doesn't even take that long, but if you basically train yourself to allow intermittent fasting to be a part of your life and a part of your daily routine, it makes everything in your life eating wise so much easier. And I'm going to talk all about why in a minute. Um, but anyway, back to my point, if you listen to certain people, fitness professionals, uh, trainers, even nutritionists around the world, a lot of people will say that when you intermittently fast, on the back half of your day, meaning from when you wake up for the first four, five, six hours, you eat nothing and drink nothing but water, maybe some black coffee or black tea or something like that. Uh, a lot of people believe if you do that, if you follow that strategy, you wake up, you eat nothing, you drink nothing except for water, black coffee or black tea for the first like four, five, six hours. What happens is in your body you have a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of extra energy, a lot of like, quote unquote, being kicked into high gear type of effects happening. And I've heard and read a lot of things. I'm not entirely sold on it because there's no real conclusive evidence. Uh, but basically what it comes down to is the belief is when you're hungry, when you wake up and you're hungry and you choose not to eat, everything in your body goes into overdrive and, it's been compared to things like survival instincts or like your hunter gatherer primal nature. And so your energy is heightened. Your senses are heightened, your drive to get stuff done and to, to, to complete a task or to do something outside of your normal wheelhouse is your ability to do all that is, is increased. Your efficiency is increased. Speed is increased and that, that was something that was pitched to me. I kind of believed it a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know that it's entirely true only because I don't have the data behind it. And I am a person that operates on beliefs that are backed by data. So anyway, that's something you'll definitely read if you start researching intermittent fasting. Now, again, I'm not totally behind that. Uh, I think it's interesting. I have noticed that when I intermittently fast, which is pretty much every single day, I do have a lot of energy in the morning, but I can't say it's because I'm not eating. Okay, I can't, uh, because I when I do eat, I tend to have the same. At least you know I, I've overanalyzed this over and over and over again, but I I tend to have the same amount of energy in the morning. I'm always energetic in the morning. I always have a ton of of energy from when I wake up within the first thirty minutes or so for the first like four or five six hours. Like that's always my peak window of getting stuff done and being productive. And I think a lot of people operate like that. Okay. So I don't know that this whole hunter-gatherer primal nature thing is is true, but um, I can tell you this. When you intermittently fast in the morning, uh, what you're really doing is your body is just metabolizing and breaking down everything that's in it from the day before and it's continuing to do so. So you just got done sleeping, which is one of the most uh, physical beneficial states to be in, uh, uh, throughout the day. Um, a lot of things are happening when you're sleeping, right? Your, your muscles are building themselves at a higher rate than when you're awake. And, uh, you know, your, your body's nurturing itself. It's recovering basically. And, um, when you wake up, you are now continuing to operate in the same mode, only a little bit slower because now you're waking up and it's using resources to move you around and it's using resources to for your body to operate in a wake in a woken state, but you're continuing to burn fat. You're continuing to burn um, everything that you consumed the day before. And when you choose not to eat for the first four or five, six hours, that just continues to go into overdrive. And as you get closer to your first meal, four or five, six hours into the day, you're basically at a, an extreme deficit as far as your daily caloric intake goes, you're at an extreme loss already. So instead of waking up and then putting three, four, five, six hundred calories in your body for breakfast, and then being at a, a surplus right off the bat, you are now operating at a deficit from the moment you put the first piece of food in your mouth. Okay. So what that really does for you is it makes it very difficult for you to catch up throughout the day. And that's why it's so powerful at burning fat and burning, uh, burning calories and, and losing weight is because you're constantly trying to play catch up. So let me, let me put this into perspective. Okay. If you wake up and you eat nothing for the first four or five, six hours and your body burns because your resting metabolic rate is 2,500 calories a day or something, your body burns like 800 calories or 700 calories just being awake and moving around and doing stuff you're now at minus 700 from the moment you put that that first piece of food in your mouth so let's say you eat a 4 or 5 600 calorie meal for your first meal you're still at a net loss for the day you're still at minus 100 or whatever okay cuz you're you're your, your total let's just start over here and recap you know the first 4 or 5 6 hours let's say your your resting metabolic rate would have you burning 700 calories just being alive just moving around and doing stuff throughout the day and then you eat your first meal and it's a 600 calorie meal so now you are -700 600 now you're sitting at -100 calories for the day that's your net right now at this first meal so you go on through your day and you eat your second meal Okay. For another four hours later. Um, but your body has continued to burn. So let's say it burned another 700 calories because you're still just moving around throughout the day. Um, so now you're, you were at minus 100 and then you burned another 700 just operating. So now you're at minus 800 and you eat another meal. That's 600 say minus 800 plus 600 for that second meal puts you at minus 200 calories for the day. So now you're at meal two and let's just say it's around four o'clock or something in the afternoon, five o'clock. You're at, you're at a deficit for the day, whether you trained at the gym or not, you're at a deficit. Okay. Meal three comes along a few hours later and you know, you continue to burn another 700 calories in that time, just operating, you know, coming home from work or doing whatever. And you're, you're moving stuff around, (laughs) you're doing laundry, whatever you burn another 700 calories. You were at minus 200. Now you burned another 700. So you're at minus 900. Let's say you want to have a big dinner, a thousand calorie dinner. So you eat a thousand calories for dinner. So that puts you from minus 900 to plus 100. Now you're hundred calories over. Okay. But between then and the rest of the night is another few hours so your body just continues to burn. So it burns another, uh, let's just say it burns another five or 600 calories before you go to bed. Now you're at a minus 400 minus 500 calorie deficit for the day. And you didn't, that forget the gym like that. We're going to take the gym out of it, whether you train or not, you are at a, a minus, um, you know, you're at a deficit, you're at a minus 500 calorie deficit or whatever. Um, that is why intermittent fasting is so powerful it makes it very difficult to catch up. You have to eat massive meals loaded with tons and tons of calories, which usually means a ton of fat and a ton of carbs, okay? In order to, in order to, to intermittent fast and still go over your uh, resting metab- or your, um, your daily maintenance caloric target. I'm going to say that again intermittent fasting, it puts your eating window into such a tight, a tight, uh, like boundary that you start at a deficit and it makes it very difficult to get out of that deficit unless you eat nothing but pure crap. So it's, it's, uh, it's very easy to complete every single day under your maintenance caloric target. Now, what is your maintenance caloric target? We've talked about this before. That is the number that if you eat that every day, your body will never change. You'll never gain weight. You'll never lose weight. It's more of a philosophy, but it is a real number at the same time. And when I say it's a philosophy, it's because it changes with your body composition changing over time. That target maintenance caloric target, um, will change over time. So, you know, it's a philosophy, but it's also a real number. So whatever that number is, if you intermittently fast, it makes it very, very difficult to go over that number unless you're eating massive meals. So, you know, that is the real reason intermittent fasting is so powerful. Okay. It also allows a lot of flexibility. What do I mean by that? Well, you have your eating window and uh, we're going to talk about those in a minute, eating windows. And because you have your eating window and let's say it's eight hours. Okay. you're always playing catch-up, like I was saying earlier. Um, If you have your macros laid out, so your fats, your proteins, and your carbs, and you have your macro targets for the day, uh, as long as you're getting close to those, very, very close to those, uh, you can strategize your day such that you hit your macros, Okay, you're still at a deficit calorically, and you get to eat something at the back end of the day or in the middle of the day that you wouldn't normally be able to eat because you're constantly playing catch up. You know, you may be 300 calories shy. It's very common, by the way, to be three or 400 calories shy at the end of the day. And you might be thinking, well, that's good because then I can just stay at that 300 or 400 calorie deficit and I'll be okay. Well, that might be true, but it depends on what your goals are. Okay. For a lot of people, your goal actually might align in a way that allows you to do this. Okay. You'll be three or 400 calories shy from your target at the end of the day. And to make that up, you know, your macros are already pretty much hit to make up that difference. You can have something you really, really like that will provide some satiety, both physically, but also satiety mentally. And something like that would be like some ice cream, some Halo Top ice cream, or a piece of like a Reese's peanut butter cup or something like that, or a Snickers, right? You can absolutely fit that type of stuff in if you do things like this, if you use intermittent fasting, if you use your macros, okay? That provides all of this, this whole thing we're talking about, intermittent fasting and macros, that allows you to provide flexible dieting which allows you to eat things you like. When I talk about mental satiety, I will be the first person to tell you I cannot operate day to day to day to day if I do not give in to my mental satiety, my mental cravings, okay? And by mental cravings, I mean eating something that tastes really, really good. I have to do it. I believe most people have to do it. And I'll just tell you right now to be practical, what I do to satisfy that is I often we'll get a, uh, a flavored coffee from a place near me. I have a couple places near me actually that have flavored coffee. Well, they use like flavored syrup. Okay. So it's like the coffee itself is like 130 calories, uh, which may not sound like a lot because it's not really, but like all those calories come from sugar I, I drink it black, but there's a flavor shot in there and that's a syrup. And that syrup is basically all sugar. Okay. So it's all carbs basically. Okay. But my day is set up that I can do that, you know, pretty much any day I want. And I don't have to worry about it because my day is structured in a way that allows me to do that. So I utilize intermittent fasting. I utilize my macros as a governing like boundary for what I can eat and can't eat. And I've never felt better physically. And I've never felt better mentally because I'm living, (laughs) I'm living the ultimate, dream as far as flexible dieting. Okay. I can basically eat what I want in a nutshell, right? But I am doing it in a way where I'm still making significant, uh, progress towards my fitness goals every single day. It's all about flexible dieting. It's all about things like, you know, what works for you for me, it's intermittent fasting. And I believe it's powerful enough that it can basically work for anybody. And well, I don't want to get off on, on, too far of a tangent here, but flexible dieting is a byproduct of intermittent fasting that 's what I 'm trying to say so you can intermittent fast still give in to all of your mental and physical cravings okay now the second thing I want to talk about here is what the three most common ways to utilize intermittent fasting are okay so there's there's three basically um, now there's more than three, but these are the three most common and i 've I got this list. I put this list together based on how people I know personally and people that I have interacted with or worked with or collaborated with utilize intermittent fasting. So number one, eating quote unquote normally, but within a smaller eating window, basically three or four meals, not really tracking macros per se, but sticking to that breakfast, lunch, dinner plus a snack type of structure inside of a smaller eating window. Um, Now that might be, that might be like a nine or 10 hour window seems to be like the number that most people go with. So it's a little bit bigger. So it might be like an 11 AM to not like a 8 PM or a 10 AM to 8 PM kind of thing. And that's got like a breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then one snack in there, whether it's at the end of the day or in the middle of the day, doesn't matter. Um, and by the way, fun fact, if I haven't already gotten through this point <laughs> throughout the, the past 30 episodes, i want to drive this home right now. It's a perfect opportunity. It uh, doesn't matter when you eat during the day, by the way. And what I'm trying to say is like, if you eat at night, that's not going to hurt you any worse than if you ate at 11 a.m. or noon or 3 p.m. or 5 p.m. There is no downside to eating before bed. Okay, it's not gonna make you fatter if you eat before bed versus eat at four o'clock. Okay. So if you're gonna pound that ice cream, if you're gonna eat that pizza and you're worried about what time to do it, right, that pizza may not be a bad idea, or it may be a horrible idea, depending on how your day is structured. But eating it at ten o'clock at night is not gonna be any any worse. Okay, and eating it at four o'clock in the afternoon is not gonna be any better anyway, I just wanted to say that cause I feel like I can't say it enough and enough people don't understand that. But anyway, so this first common way to utilize intermittent fasting is eating normally, but within a smaller eating window. So this is a, this is a way to execute this. That's great for beginners because you don't really want to go all in because you don't exactly know how yet. And what it really looks like is you wake up and instead of just eating whenever you eat, which you might be doing now, like whenever you're hungry, <laughs> uh, instead of doing that, be a little bit more mindful of the clock. Okay. Make sure that your eating window is a real window that's defined and you won't eat outside that window. And that's a great way to start to incorporate intermittent fasting. It also works really well for a lot of people. So if you have a eight or nine hour eating window, but you still want to eat your breakfast, lunch, dinner, plus a snack sometime, then just shorten the window. Okay. Instead of eating at 7am, noon, 4 p.m., and then 9 p.m., which is like a 14-hour window, which is basically your entire waking period of the day. Instead of doing that, eat inside a window that's eight or nine hours and try that. And I guarantee you, you'll have some success because you'll have a harder time um, making up that difference because there will be a difference. And the reason there will be a difference is because your body is used to eating at all these weird times across such a wide window of time just chunk all that into a smaller window, you will see a difference. And I know plenty of people that operate this way and have had massive success. Okay. Number two, the second most common way to utilize intermittent fasting, um, in my network of people that I deal with. Okay. This is eating like a traditional bodybuilder style, which is five to six meals. Now that's, that's sort of going out of style as far as bodybuilding goes and powerlifting goes, but there are still plenty of people that do that. They eat five or six meals throughout the day, smaller portions. They're eating like every two to three hours typically. Okay. Um, but you can utilize that inside of a smaller intermittent fasting eating window. It's a little less common, but it's probably more common than, than you would think. Well, I know it is actually. And what it would look like is this, your eating window could be like 12 to eight, like an eight hour eating window. And you're trying to get in six meals. So you're basically eating like every hour and a half. And for people who like to always be eating something, and there are plenty of you out there, uh, this is actually great. What this allows you to do is eat like your, your yogurt and granola in the morning kind of thing. And then an hour later have a, I don't know, a protein bar. And then an hour and a half later have like chicken and, and rice. And then an hour and a half later have something else right? And you can you see the, the pattern here. So you're basically always eating like every 90 minutes. And a lot of people love this because they like to always eat. Now, some people will do this, but they'll have the hardest time from eight o'clock or whenever that window ends to when they go to bed because they've spent their entire day eating and now they have to stop. And it's almost like a habit that they're trying to break at the end of every single day. So it's definitely not for everybody, but it still works a lot, okay? still works very, very, very well. It's very effective. And depending on how you operate, this might be something that works really well for you. And there's no way to know until you test it, by the way. Even if you think you know, you still might not until you actually try it. So it's not for me, but I know plenty of people who are in better shape than me that operate this way. Uh, okay. The third most common way to utilize intermittent fasting. This is the one I personally use because well, I'll tell you why in a minute. And this is eating two to three meals inside of a smaller eating window. So my fasting window is typically eight hours. Sometimes it's 11 to seven. Sometimes it's 12 to eight. Um, I'd say more often than not, it's, like 11 I mean it's actually kind of in between it's like 1130 to 7 30 30 a.m. to 730 p.m that is how I operate that is what has allowed me to be uh, basically the most successful to date that I've been able to be is because of that so um, it's also something that I think is easier than most people think to actually incorporate but it comes down to a couple of things one of them is how much you like to eat per meal so I love High volume meals. That is something about me that I have recently figured out, like within the the past year. I love high volume meals. I will sacrifice flavor actually for volume. I like to eat massive meals. Now, (laughs) in order to eat a massive meal, like a thousand calorie meal or an 1100 calorie meal that's actually high volume, It has to be packed with things that aren't calorically dense or macronutrient, macronutriently disgusting. Okay. So a lot of vegetables, right? A lot of my meals are made up of tons and tons of vegetables. And I'm going to give you a couple examples of what I do eat, but I like to eat huge meals. So I eat two to three meals a day. One usually around 12. That's usually my first meal of the day. Actually, it's always my first meal of the day. And then I eat another one, another humongous meal at like six. It's like six hours later. I will eat something in between there, usually something very small, like either a small protein bar or I will have uh, like a handful of peanuts or something like that. Like literally I don't eat much at all between 12 and 6. And then um, I'll usually have something like right at the very end of my eating window, right around 8 o'clock or 7.30, um. So, what that would look like for me is at twelve-ish. Right, that's my meal, my first meal of the day. It's post-training. Uh, obviously, I'm operating at quite a deficit by that point because I've been up since five thirty or so five five thirty, and I would um, I'd be operating at I don't even know maybe it, not including training probably minus a thousand calories, something like that. My first meal is actually usually only like six to 800. And what it is, it's brown rice usually, or Jasmine rice, uh, either chicken or lean steak or chicken sausages or something like that. Turkey sausages, ground Turkey, stuff like that. Uh, anywhere from six to eight ounces of one of those. Um, a lot of broccoli, a lot of peppers, um, a lot of asparagus, a lot of green beans, things like that. Um, I do change it up. And then, um, like some calorie-free hot sauce, like Cholula or something like that. Maybe even some salsa. I'll throw that in there. But you know, it'll be more than you think jammed into that that bowl. Right? It's usually like a giant burrito bowl. is basically what it is, like a Chipotle-style bowl or a Qdoba-style bowl, that kind of thing. So it's really just rice as my carbs and some sort of lean meat as my protein source and, uh, and just calories and iron and EAAs and things like that. And then, uh, vegetables on top for the micros and the volume, right? I love the volume. And then for dinner, I'll basically do that again. My second meal of the day, I'll basically do that again, except it'll be twice as big. So again, it'll be a rice or a sweet potato, or sometimes an actual regular potato, like a white potato. Uh, and I'll weigh that all out and I'll make sure I have that set up right. And then I'll have, some sort of lean meat and then I'll have like six to eight to 10 ounces even. And then I'll have tons and tons of vegetables, usually a whole heart of romaine, a couple of cups of spring mix, uh, peppers, onions, some squash, zucchini, cucumber, salsa. I throw some of that in there and I make this huge thing. I usually make it in a mixing bowl. It's massive. It's enough food for like four people, but I absolutely love it. And uh, I eat that at the end of the day. And then sometimes if I have room, and oftentimes I do, um, I'll finish off the day with like a halo top ice cream pint or, um, you know, one of those, those protein ice creams, maybe not the whole thing depends on how the day goes and, uh, or a protein bar or a protein shake with some granola in it or something like that. You know, it depends on how the day goes, but what I do is I stick to my macros. I stick to my eating window and you know what? I'm constantly at a deficit, right? Compared to my macro, um, maintenance number. And or my caloric maintenance number. And uh, the only time I go over consistently is when I'm trying to put on weight, when I'm trying to build, which is usually in the fall or winter. And when you stick to that, when you stick to the whole intermittent fasting window and you stick to your macros, magic things happen, guys. It's not really magic though, uh, but it is that simple. If you stick to the window and you stick to your macros, your goal will be, just materialize because you're actually executing on a plan that works and I didn't pioneer this but it does work all right it's it's the way to actually well it's one of the ways it's one the most effective way I've ever seen um, that has been able to allow people to lose weight and allow people to stay the same and allow people to put on weight and you supplement your eating window and you supplement your macros with a training regimen that is set up perfectly to match your goals, whether that's put on muscle, whether that's cut fat, lose fat, burn fat, whether that's to build strength and agility, which often is paired with muscle, whatever it is, you build those around that goal and you stick to the plan, right? And a good coach can keep you on track, keep you accountable, you know, but it's, it's really up to you committing to that every single day. Right, just like me, just like everybody else. It's up to us to commit to that every single day. So, uh, the last thing I do want to talk about here is the difference between eating for growth or gain or development versus eating for pleasure and eating for survival. Okay, and the reason I want to talk about that is because it just like I talk about training with purpose. I believe that it's important for people to eat and consume food and consume nutrients with purpose. Okay. So we all have taste buds, right? Unless you have like a weird medical issue or something. We all like food. Okay. We all have, I talked about this earlier, mental cravings and physical cravings and mental satiety is necessary to, to give into as well as physical satiety. And we do that by eating things that Taste good, right? Things that fulfill that craving, whatever that craving is. Maybe it's salt, maybe it's sugar, maybe it's carbs, maybe it's some specific meal. And if you eat like that every single meal and every time you eat, you are eating for pleasure. And you may be able to rationalize it because you are eating food and food is necessary to keep you alive. Okay, that's eating out of necessity, right? That's not good. The other type of eating out of necessity is just eating when you're hungry. Not necessarily eating a bunch of crap to give into cravings, but just eating when you're hungry. If everybody ate only when they were hungry, that might only be once or twice a day for a lot of us. And you know it 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 may not take much to get that hunger to go away. Right. For a lot of us, you know, it could be a banana right and like a glass of water or a coffee. And that would be it for the next like six hours. And then they could eat like, I don't know, a donut or a sandwich six hours later. And that might be enough to hold them off till way later. And then they might just round out the day with a plate of pasta and then go to bed. Right. So all of that combined could just, you know, it could be enough calories to survive on. It could be a 1500, 1600 calorie day, but it could be made up of macronutriently speaking, a very poor profile, which would not promote any sort of growth or gain or development. It would keep them alive. Sure. But that's how you get things like dad bod and mom bod. And that might be all right for you, but you know, no judgment, but that's not what we're talking about here. The reason we're here and the reason I'm making this podcast and the reason you're listening is because you have bigger ambitions than that. And so that is training that, excuse me, that is eating with basically no purpose. The eating that you're eating now for survival, you're eating to give into your taste buds and pleasure and you're eating out of necessity. Okay? The difference between that and eating with purpose is that when you eat with purpose, then you are now consuming nutrients to build. You are consuming nutrients to become stronger, to build your bones, to build your muscle mass, okay? To lower your fat content you are you're eating and and consuming nutrients to to increase your ability as a, basically a land dwelling creature on this planet you can be stronger faster sharper okay you're also developing a stronger mindset, knowing that you are consuming nutrients with purpose right you're doing things methodically you're doing things strategically you' are now eating. With a strategy and that might sound like it's above and beyond and over the top but it's not it's real and that's what separates people from that's what separates people who actually achieve what they want whatever if it's a if it's a physique goal if it's a strength goal if it's a speed goal if it's a living longer goal versus someone who just kind of puts along throughout their life and doesn't care and looks like shit, feels like shit, hates everything about themselves physically. That's what separates them from, from you. Okay. Is making decisions based on a plan, making decisions based on a strategy. All right. And part of that is eating. Okay. And like I said, it might sound over the top, but it's not over the top. Okay. Do you want to be like everybody else? Okay? Or do you want to be someone who actually achieves your goals? Because chances are, if you look around your circle, family, friends, coworkers, whatever, you are not like them. You are an anomaly. Right? You are outside of that. You are an outlier. You are interested in fitness at the next level, you are interested in being healthier at the next level. And they might also, but not to the level you are. Because you're actually taking time to educate yourself and put smart information in your brain that will take you to that next level, all right? And you're probably already executing on it if you're listening to this, right? Well, intermittent fasting, defining a fasting window, might be a key part of your strategy. It might not, but I'll tell you this: choosing what you consume and choosing what nutrients you put in your body based on a methodical plan and a strategy forget about intermittent fasting but doing that is smart and doing that is is a huge part of what's going to take you from where you're at now to where you want to go whatever your fitness goal is it doesn't matter what it is if you eat with purpose for gain and growth and development that is what's going to get you there okay i can't say that enough so that's the third punchline. That's the third takeaway of this entire podcast episode. Is the difference between eating for with purpose basically and eating for pleasure and survival, which we're not about doing here. That's not what we're about. We're about eating and training with purpose. For growth, development, all right, making gains, whether those gains are in the form of weight loss, cuz that's a gain. That's just a it's a, you know, it's a gain of muscle versus fat, all right? And you know, the, the gain isn't on the scale necessarily, right? But it's a gain in progress uh, and, and development, right? We're about doing that. We're about growth. So uh, with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Um, I thought this brought a lot of value. This intermittent fasting thing is something that not a lot of people know about. And if you have anyone in your life that doesn't know about this, that needs to and needs to understand what kind of impact it could have on them, then share this with them. And if you got any value out of this yourself, please go and subscribe if you haven't already and leave me a rating in iTunes. I would really appreciate that. And also feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. I do love talking to everybody about this stuff. I can go on and on and on and on. And I love answering questions and just talking with people, networking with people about this stuff. So hit me up there. All the links to that stuff will be in the show notes looking forward to talking to you. And uh, again, guys, I'm going to wrap this up here. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you in the next one. See ya.